Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. This is a content warning for this uh, episode. There is a lot of discussion of violence and sexual violence against minor girls, and uh, I highly recommend you not listen to this episode if that is a little bit too hard for you to listen to. Someplace underneath. Like, does it feel like the height, like the water sucked out of your body? Oh, you got to hydrate? Everything. I just, my skin, my eyes, my, everything feels dry and just like, I feel like a raisin. Oh my God. Get one of them hydration packets. One of them, you know, the, the, the salt stuff you put in the water and it makes you feel like you had three glasses of water. You only had one. I try. I think it's just God's punishment to me. I try. I try. I try. Yeah, man. Yeah, the period, the menstrual cycles are um, too much. It's too much. But you has know, anybody ta- has anybody done anything about these periods? No, they haven't. But you know what? I consider it a blessing because I feel more connected to the universe, and I feel that the pain every month that I have makes me more empathetic mm. and kind. I think um, men don't have that. They run on a twenty-four hour cycle, and they just kind of get up do their bullshit and go to sleep. Mm. And if they don't have, if they don't think to prove themselves or to do better, mm-hmm. then they won't and they become disposable. I, it's interesting. Yeah. Now I'm grateful I'm dehydrated. Absolutely. <laughs> I went on a date with a disposable man. Absolutely. Dispo- he wanted me to pay for everything and then offered no, had no personality. Like he just demanded you pay for things yeah he stood there like a child like weird you know i've never as a woman i've never ever done that on a date like demanded somebody pay for my shit no you know you would never do that in a million years i would never do that but he just like stood there like a child like when any sort of bill came and like i see through this i see through the only time he got excited was when he talked about his tattoos and how they scabbed up when they heal i told him i have to go home and work Bye. I hope you die in a war, sir. That would be the best thing that would happen to you because you are a disposable, worthless human being. I know that's very cruel, but no, also I don't give a shit. You're allowed to feel. Feel your feelings. Yeah. Um, welcome to Someplace Underneath. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to start there. I don't care. It's okay. I'm Amber um, Nelson. 
I was going to start differently, but I like that start. You know what I was, okay. Yeah. I don't know if I've ever said this out loud mm-hmm. or if this is an inside thought, but you know how Ghislaine Maxwell, before she was like, like connected to all these crimes, she was mostly, we talked about it too on the show. She was a, like an ocean conservationist. Oh yes. She did the little good thing to distract you from the bad things. She, yes. And, but then my, suddenly I had the, the thought do you think that she was an ocean conservationist because of her like psychosexual connection to her father and her father's skeleton is oh, in the ocean? She had to go find daddy. Do you think? Maybe she's up at night at like 3 a.m. and she's like, I have to find daddy. Like she thought maybe one day if she did enough conservation work, she'd find him down there living like a merman. That's crazy. Natalie, you're right. Living like a merman. <laughs> He's fucking King Triton of all the pedophiles. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All the disappeared ones. Epstein's down there too now. That's right. Mm. I did a tarot card reading on Epstein and he's still alive. Whoa. In my tarot reading. Breaking news on last podcast that <laughs> He's still alive, but he's very depressed because we he knows that we all know his bullshit. So he lives in sadness and sickness. He knows everyone knows about his little egg penis. Mm-hmm. Mm. That is a, an unfortunate shape for a penis. Really is. Yeah, because it can't insert. Like, what's your whole deal, sir? It's like those, those, um, that back in the day, I don't know if they still have them, but you, for yeast infections, you used to have this little ball that you could shove inside of yourself to like help cure the yeast infection. Yeah. That's like what a, a stick was. Like a menthol, like on the Camel Crush. You ever open that up, like the blue ball? <laughs> it's just like one of those, but an orb bigger <laughs> from my pussy hole. Yeah. I hope Camel cr- Camel pivots to yeast infection medication. <laughs> They need to do something as they're banning cigarettes. That's right. Um, okay, well, we're not going to talk about Ghislaine anymore. But if you want to hear more about Ghislaine, we do a stream every other Wednesday on twitch.tv backslash less podcast network. And uh, once a month, we do a stream with our law professional, hottie friend, Mackenzie Brennan. And we ask her law questions about the cases we cover. We talk about Ghislaine pretty frequently there. We talk about Josh Duggar a lot, talk a lot about different trials that are happening and and just we go back over stuff we've discussed on the show in more of a casual setting with her and also we have sometimes other guests on and um, we just have a little bit more of a like a loose conversation about it and you can come and ask us questions and stuff and you don't need to be a I I've, feel like I've fucking said this already but you don't need to be at, uh, don't have to like log in. You don't need an account on Twitch. You can just literally, it's like a website. But you can't yeah. talk to us unless you have a, an account. Right. I think some people are afraid of Twitch because they think of like gamers just screaming slurs. But we're on there and it's nice. Yeah. Lots of, I mean, you can't actually, t- Twitch is like really heavily monitored. You can't say a lot of stuff on it. They ban you. Oh, really? So you can't show a nipple either. I mean, what are we doing? Look at the the woke liberals took from us, Natalie. (laughs) Show some nipples. Show some nipples. Um, Okay. We're going right back into this series about what I was calling safety beards, but it's probably not like the best... the best, what should I call it? Formulation of words. <laughs> I like it. It's good. It's not necessarily the best descriptor, but it's a comp. I don't know what, if there is an actual terminology for this person other than a, like an assistant to trafficking, an accessory. Uh, a Ghislaine Maxwell, if you will. Yeah. Like a should- woman I trust. 
yeah, safe woman who helps somebody else procure little girls or vulnerable people. Mm. Um, and so we had covered Dusty the last couple episodes, and then we begun to discuss another woman named Gloria Trevi, whose name is attached to the forefront of the story, even though she was not necessarily the person doing the worst of the crimes, but because she was famous and mm. beautiful and successful, her name is the first name that comes up when we discuss this. That's sad. It is, but she also, uh, I'm going to lay out over the next two episodes, everything that happened. I don't consider her completely innocent. Some people say that she was, uh, she, which she was, she was absolutely groomed into this position. But I, I think she, she also deserves some of the blame. Uh, not yeah. as much by That's far. Um, yeah. People like to be like, um, women, I don't know, they like to throw women under the bus. It's another the term of misogyny when they think they're being feminist. Yeah. You know, and they're like, she should get more jail time. And it's like, no, she's, you know. Well, and I think it can go both ways, though, because the other side of it sometimes can work in that her favor, at least in this moment, is that she's just a girl. She doesn't she doesn't know what she was doing because she gets both sides because so people who are big Fans of hers will take the other side of it. She was just an innocent girl. Look how pretty she is. She couldn't have really been responsible for these things. Look how beautiful she is. You know what I mean? Right. So it can go both ways. Um, Only because ugly people get thrown in jail, Natalie. Right. It's true. And that's what I am here to make a stand for. That's right. Beautiful people contribute to society and they should not be in jail. (laughs) Um, So just like Dusty, who has... Mitchell Taylor, man behind the scenes. Dusty Button is the forefront, very famous ballerina. Behind Gloria Trevi is a man named Sergio Andretti. And he was the main perpetrator. But because Gloria is famous, it is mostly linked, again, to her name. So much so that Sergio, who only spent seven years in jail, has been able to continue. Well, he was able to continue pursuing his career afterwards and (gasps) just trying to keep making moves and... YouTube channels and trying to like just go about his day. That's fucking bullshit. I agree. Um, and based on the accusations that have been made against him, most likely he continued to offend because the kind of guy he is and the parallels between him and Dusty's husband are a little eerie. But does he like cars also? Look at this bad boy. I, oh, you it's know, hot pink. I don't have. Intel on that, but I'm not going to say he didn't like cars. All right. Um, this story is really bad. Like, even for Spun standards, it is a really, really bad story. Because we've covered, like, childhood rape. Is it worse than that? Well, it's it's at least comparable. <laughs> Shit. Um, so it, it is a travesty, truly, that Sergio, as well as Gloria and the other co-conspirator, there's another woman whose name is Mary, who we'll talk about. Barely spent any time in jail. Um, and from everything I've looked at, I don't, again, consider personally Gloria a pure victim. Uh, though she wants to portray herself that way now as she is back selling out arenas. Um, she's been out of jail. She is wild. She's still putting out new music. Huge star still. Even though she did these things with Sergio that are unforgivable. Um so she is a victim, but not entirely blameless for what happened. Okay. Um, that's how I feel. And you can let me know how you feel after we lay it out. All right. So 
This all starts out with a guy who failed at music. Sergio Andretti was born in 1955, and what I can gather through the translated text, because there's very limited English, uh, like, covering of him. Mm -hmm. Gloria has a little bit more of English language, um, like, you know, media publications. Sergio is, again, able to hide in the shadows, and there's not a lot in English on him. So there's a couple different sources I found that are English, and then our wonderful friend Carolina has now translated two books for me. Wow. Um, about two of his victims. Uh, they wrote basically memoirs, and so she's translated those for me. But a lot of Sergio's backstory is in Spanish. Um, but from what I can gather through all of the, te the text and what I've ref got reference from Carolina, he grew up in a somewhat privileged home, or at least middle class, in a like a southeast part of Mexico called Cotzecolcos, Veracruz. I will say Veracruz. I wanted to go there on vacation. I was considering that or like Europe. Yeah, it's incredibly beautiful. Yeah, and and like I mean, it's the birthplace of Salma Hayek. So really, that bitch. They must produce really hot people. Oh my god, it just looks very walkable and safe and pretty. I mean, I think that is like a destination place in Mexico for sure. Um, so Veracruz, by the way, is a state basically. And then the city is Cotzecolcos. Cotzecolcos. Um, I am not going to try to do an accent. Okay. Because that is embarrassing. You've already done so much research, Natalie. Um, he began pursuing music from a young age, and he actually attended a special music conservatory in Mexico City from age 11. And he also attended a, a revered university when it was time for college. So Sergio was either a savant in music or his family pushed him into it really young, but he was making music from, a, from childhood. I bring this all up to say he wasn't ignorant and he wasn't sheltered and he wasn't uneducated so the things that he did were calculated and he was very aware of the gravity of his actions later in life oh. sergio initially attempted his own singing career with minimal success um but maybe that wasn't his real ambition his taste for adolescent girls seemed to rule a lot of his decision making so maybe the singing part was just in order to get to the other things that he really wanted. Right. But Lord knows people spit in a lot of bands just to get girls. Absolutely. We've discussed some of them on this show before. Davi Vanity, you're never going to be forgotten. Um, so, but regardless, he didn't have a great success with his singing career. Um, he began composing and producing other people's music pretty young. And he was only about 24 when he became the art director for CBS Mexico. Wow. Which is, as far as I can glean, it is just the affiliate of CBS to Mexico, that TV station. I believe this means that he composed the music and he did other things like a production nature for the TV station in the 1970s. But again... Not real his, where his real desire seemed to lay. Um, so he retired from CBS in 1981 to become a, quote, independent producer. And looking back at this, it seems like maybe that was his cover from the very beginning of 
all of it. Oh, really? Like when a guy says he's an entrepreneur and that's a way of saying I'm broke? It's a way of saying that, you know, you know, in this in the Tate tradition, oh, you're trafficking. <laughs> you mean trafficking. Right. OK. You're an entrepreneur. Um, so, yes. Uh, at 19, in 1981, he was still in his early to mid-20s, and so his retirement from CBS is a little premature, and mm-hmm. dis- him deciding to become an independent producer, we're, I can't tell you for sure why that happened, but he started making very distinct decisions in that time in his life. So it was during this time when he met Lucero Hogaza Leon, um, who at the time of their meeting was 13 years old. He was 26 at the time, from what I have gathered. So, again, this is early in his life and career in the early 80s. Sergio was still producing shows. Mexican TV works slightly different than American TV, and I'm not even going to pretend to understand the nuance. We're going to have Carolina on the stream at some point to maybe talk about her experience right. growing up with these Gloria and these people because she did grow up as she a kid. Saw I do love Mexican soap operas when they do the most. Yeah. And they're so beautiful oh, and yeah. crying. Yeah, and they do like the very dramatic slaps and yeah. stuff. I was every time I cry, I'm always like, let me take a picture. I bet I look like a Mexican soap opera. And I just kind of look like a crack addict. <laughs> no, you don't. You're beautiful when you cry, Amber. Cry more. <laughs> um, so during this time in Mexican TV, there it seems like there was a lot of variety shows and a lot of like vaudevillian kind of stuff on the channels. And if you grew up in Mexico at that time, you please feel free to correct me again. We're going to talk to Carolina about her experience. But... Um, Lucero was a part of that collection of kids who was on TV shows. So she was a little girl who was on something I would equate to like the Mickey Mouse Club on Mexican TV. So she was quite popular by the time she was like 10 years old. And so at some point in that time frame, Sergio came across her working for the TV station. And then as he pulled away from the TV station and became an independent producer, he kept his connection with this little girl and her family. And a lot of this, by the way, I do pull from his Wikipedia and some other sources. And I have to say, his Wikipedia, even though it's through rough translation, it reads like he himself wrote it. Oh, yes. (laughs) It's very glowing. And it's like, it's like aggrandizing and like self it feels like self-praise and it doesn't read his information as much as like a speech being read during an award ceremony he is the best man yeah he is the smartest man his unbelievable accomplishments in music and all this stuff and i'm just like serio did you write this i think you might have written it um anyway he was already at this point trying to as an independent producer manage young talent which is to say young latin girls oh god he was Doing the thing that we see in America with, you know, all of we've watched all these documentaries about the forming of boy bands and these guys who come along and they shockingly always end up being perverts. Right. Oh, my God. Look at remember like NSYNC Mm -hmm. when they're like coming up out of the pool and they're all wet with their clothes off. And I was just like, ooh. And I look back and I'm like, yeah, they got molested. Yeah, of and course. also yeah. And it's just also, you know, you at the time whenever the Britney stuff came out we're around the same age as Britney Spears, and I was not into it, but... I was. I, I get it. I I was a scumbag, but you look at it and like, oh my God, she's so cool and magical and sexy, and you're like, oh, this was 56-year-old men being like, put on a little Catholic skirt. 
Yeah, and shimmy around. You act like you're naughty in high school. That's right. I have a theory that she got breast implants when she got the she had like a thing with her leg, like a brace on her leg, and she had a wheelchair. And um, I think that's when she got breast implants. And the leg thing was a psyop. Mm. She wasn't. She didn't sprain her leg. She didn't break her leg. She actually got breast implants. Teen years. Yeah. I mean, it's quite possible. Or maybe that's just all natural. Maybe she got a leg implant. <laughs> Who knows? Evened out her calves. That's right. Um, no, that seems like completely plausible. Um, he was collecting all of these girls from the very beginning of his independent producing. And his first big talent break was, again, this this girl, Lucero Hogaza Leon, whose stage name is just Lucero or Lucerita. Um, so basically... At the point when he started managing her, she was already on that show called Midday Happiness. I'm not even going to try to pronounce it in Spanish. Okay. Um, again, this is the sort of like, a, you know, Kids Incorporated, all that kind of scripted Disney variety. Disney Channel. Yeah. yeah. So she was like the little ex-Tina uh, whose career was being launched when she met Sergio. And at the time, Sergio was a young musical talent, just fresh off of being CBS's young, youngest art director in history. So it seems like a very good pairing, right? Um, by the way, I also want to give a shout out to the YouTube content creator, Harry XM, who has one of the only English language breakdowns of Sergio Andretti's backstory. So go give it a listen if you're interested. So Sergio starts to make this little girl's career happen even though she already had a career he was trying to like launch her into like a solo career and he's taking her to the u.s and all of these places trying to break her into new markets and during that time very quickly rumors start to fly that he is being sexually inappropriate with her they a lot of the stuff that was being said is highly inappropriate it's stuff like there were rumors that there was a relationship between them between this, like, 12-year-old and this man. It's like, a relationship. A relationship. <laughs> right. Um, so this stuff's all, like, being spread around. And her mother, Lucero's mother, doesn't like what's happening. So Lucero has a strong family background and her mother goes everywhere with her because, of course, you would think that is an absolute. But we'll find out a lot of parents are manipulated into... Not doing that. Lucero's mother was not having it. She said, I'm going with her everywhere. I'm with her all the time. She So Lucero didn't get too far from her sight most of the time. So when these rumors started to fly around, her mother pulls her from Sergio. Good. They, yeah. And they go pursue Lucero's career elsewhere. Um, at, the, at, at this time in history... It's not really like she could have then started accusing him of things or like warning people. There's I think no it was me like too. no, it was sort of I think an unspoken like a, a, an open secret that certain men were just sex predators and you had to go like, "Oh, watch out for him. That's his nature. He's got Roman hands over there." <laughs> um and so instead of like, you know, making a huge thing, she just was like, "Well, I'm taking my daughter elsewhere and I'm it's your, you know, go fuck yourself, you do whatever." And so it sort of just ended there. Um, and Lucero being pulled away from very rapidly from him seems to be an important moment in Sergio's life. And not in a good way. Oh, because how dare they take away my right. It seems a little bit. They took away my manliness. I think that, yeah, I think that that also gave him 
a lesson in being a sex predator. Basically, when he tries this again, he has to make some changes to his methods. God, I hate those kind of people that are like, they have the consequences for their actions, but they feel like they're being victimized. Mm-hmm. Like, my 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 sir, this is just the, the, the rehash of what you did. Yeah. The, I mean, this kind of person will always see themselves as the victim. Always. The, I, I always go back to Victor Salva, the director of Deeper's Creepers and all those movies, because if you go back and watch his movie Powder... After he was, you know, released from prison for child sex crimes and when went and on to make Disney movie Powder, that whole movie is about how sorry he feels for himself. Go back and look at it. It's disgusting. Um, so around the time this partnership with Lucero was active, there was some sort of contest held for Lucero lookalikes. It was... I think just something through maybe the network or I can't figure out whether Sergio held it or he simply attended or was one of the judges. I don't know. But it was like a big thing. I believe that it happened in 1980. So he was potentially still working with CBS. But this is when Lucero was already on her show and when like Sergio was trying to like say like, hey, let's go make your career happen and when he was about to quit. So he's like, oh, so this girl ran away from me. Her mom took her away. I'm such a victim. Let me hold a lookalike contest to get a girl that looks just like her. This is previous to that. So this is before he has... I'm bringing this up in this... You'll see why I'm bringing this up now. So this is before he has actually made this partnership with Lucero and quit his CBS job. This is like the year leading up to that. Okay. So maybe it was a network thing. They they put this Lucero lookalike contest together. Regardless of how this contest came to be, a lot of little girls came to do, I guess Lucero had like a very specific look at the time. Actually, she wore braids, like pigtails of the way. You actually could do Lucero lookalike right now. Ooh. Um, Amber. So regardless, a little girl won that contest and her name is Gloria Trevi. It's unclear what happened in the direct years that followed this lookalike contest, but one could assume that there was already some grooming by Sergio going on. So what we could maybe ascertain from this, Gloria Trevi is a kid at this point. She wins this contest to look exactly like Lucero. Then Sergio quits CBS, asks Lucero to work with him. Lucero then gets taken away from him. Okay. And there was this little girl a couple years before named Gloria Trevi who won the lookalike contest for Lucero. So he's going to go back. So it seems at some point in that time he made, he kept contact with that little girl okay. and went like, I'm going to make you a star because he had maybe become so obsessed, fetishized Lucero so much. Of course, you'd go to the girl who won the lookalike contest. Okay. So during that time especially after Lucero left him which is like 1981 he was gathering a number of different talents all little girls um maybe simply because he wanted access to children but who knows maybe he also was trying to actually be a successful manager hard to say um where that line is uh but a few years later Gloria was certainly working with him which Again, bizarre because she wasn't the Lucero lookalike, but whatever reason, she's also incredibly talented. So you 
wouldn't look at it and go, that's weird. She was a young, talented singer. She was, you know, a pretty girl. And Sergio wanted to make her a star. So this is all in the early 80s. And the only difference really, it seems like at this time, being that Gloria's family didn't seem to watch over her very much. Oh, no. She didn't have the protective mom like the other girl. Either that or, and I'm not even trying to villainize her mom. It could have been that or it could have been now Sergio learned which words to say to get the mothers to go. Right. Right. I don't know. But it could have also just been her mother being like, yeah, take her. I don't care. You know, Um, my mom, she got me on a date with a guy. And I think because she was attracted to him oh. and I went out with him and I was like, he only cares about himself. Like he was a narcissist. Yeah. You know what I mean? So sometimes like they know what to say to get the moms trusting you. Ugh, ew. How, ugh. Can you imagine going on a date with somebody your mom sets you up with? Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm sorry, mom. I'm glad that you've never done that. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus is central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. He has seems to have realized that his greatest asset when he wanted to be a very successful parasitic loser rapist is troubled homes, poverty, and learning how to manipulate. God, these like poor girls from troubled homes. I hate that like anything can happen to them and then people dismiss it of like, well, she comes from a troubled home. Yeah. And no, now the cycle continues. It's a big thing we talk about on this show. It's this it's really sad. And kids who come from homes where the parents don't protect them, the kids are punished for it and they're treated like they're damaged goods and 
we get the daddy issues thing. No, daddies have daughter issues. It's not the other way around. Yeah. Why are you blaming this little girl for a father leaving her life? Yeah. Crazy. Yep. It's bullshit. So and that's where predators thrive. It's yeah, that this is where the worst kind of human beings step in. There was a minister in my, sorry to diverse, but in my hometown that raped this like 13 year old girl. I remember you talking about this. And then they were just like, oh, it's okay because she's actually 16, still fucking illegal. And um, her parents are divorced. So she had it coming. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. This is a grown man. And he's somehow, he's somehow the victim here. Yeah. That's the logic a lot of the time. Um, And I mean, clearly. Well, we'll get into we'll yeah, get into yeah. like everything that happened and, and the punishment does not fit the crime. Yeah. So during this first little chunk of the 80s, he's like building these girl groups and that includes Gloria. Gloria is like becoming quickly his like shining gem in the middle of these other girls who he's grooming. But he's saying he's training them to be stars. <laughs> so around 1985, Sergio premieres a girl group. It is sort of a Spice Girls style like wild and fun and free group of girls um, mm-hmm. that he apparently has been cultivating for the last few years uh, called Boquitas Pendadas, uh, which I've been told is loosely translated to painted little mouths or painted baby mouths. Ew! Listen, Ew! If, if it was the girls forming that band and using that name, that would be badass. Yeah, but a man painted little mouths? Yes. So then again, you go back to the Britney Spears thing. If you just look at it from the girl side, you're like, that's awesome. That's so powerful. But then you're like, oh, no, this man, yeah. this old, old man is taking these minors and going like, you're going to be painted little mouths. <laughs> Why don't you um, squat on the floor? Which she did make them do all the time. Um, so... This is a this is a group that they were working on for a long time, and it did its debut in 1985. Um, Gloria was uh, uh, basically the middle of this group. Um, she was one of the bit main faces of Boquitas Pintadas. Um, so Gloria, when she won the lookalike contest, would have been twelve. If like what I found, it was happened. It was uh, occurring in 1980, right? So, some sources say she was 15 during the lookalike contest, which would mean that it happened in 1983. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. It is to say that Gloria was a member of this girl group called Boquitas Pendadas that was active in 1985, making her around 17 when this this band premiered. Okay. But I'm sure she was working with Sergio years before then. So God knows how long she had been groomed by this point. I don't know if Gloria's family, again, we just talked about this, but again, I don't know if they were absent. I don't know if they were they themselves were overly ambitious and didn't care or just naive. But she left home pretty early and because and, she was from a northern part of Mexico in a state called Nuevo Leon. So... She went all the way across Mexico? Well, she basically ended up in Mexico City, which is like the main hub of like where all this was happening. Mm-hmm. And she was basically under the care of Sergio from a young age. Um, she still, Gloria still doesn't talk about this in a realistic way to this day because she wants her career. And so we don't really know what those years entailed. And 
those initial years with her. And I don't know if we ever will, unless one day she decides she wants to tell the honest truth. But she seems to be much more concerned with her own career, to be honest. I'm just going to say I don't have like I don't have the highest regard for Gloria. I'm just going to say. I mean, she was a child alone. Yes. And she was tortured. She was groomed and tortured by him. But I'll get into why I have less sympathy for her. Okay, so. Boquitas Pintadas had several different members, but the two we're going to be focused on here are Gloria Trevi and an at-the-time girl, now a woman, of course, whose name is Maria Ranquinel Portilla, who is known by the stage name Mary Boquitas. I So Mary, and I didn't ingest this info about her until like the fourth review of this story, but who, she was one of the people who was jailed for the crimes and, again, a member of the group Boquitas Pintadas. She was actually married to Sergio by the time the girl group was formed. She was, in fact, married to Sergio at the age of 15. Is that legal? I mean, we discussed it. Yes, unfortunately. Unfortunately, the, the laws, and we'll get into this in a second, the laws in Mexico are very similar to America's. So technically, it is legal. How old was he? He would have been around 30. Fucking gross. Yeah. Cool. That's disgusting. So when the group Boquitas Pendadas premiered and Glory Trevi was the face of this band and and that Mary uh, Boquitas was also in this band, she was already married to this adult man. So he had also taken this married woman, girl, um, in just like Gloria and had also married her. Um they were divorced by 1990, but Mary didn't leave. This was this was only the beginning of their relationship in many ways. So, again, Boquitas Pendadas comes out 1985. They're teenage girls. Mary's married to Sergio. Gloria is kind of this, like, exciting new person coming to the scene. Um. And I couldn't also, there's not a lot, again, Mary is the same as Gloria in that she will not talk about this in a real way. And she is still, she has had no success really becoming a star. Gloria, I mean, yeah, Gloria is doing fine. Mary still tries to make her career happen, but she's not really going anywhere. But neither of them will discuss this realistically. They still like, now they paint themselves as full victims. Some of the girls disagree with that statement um but we so there's not a lot of information about how mary ended up being raised by her rapist she's also from northern mexico and she somehow found herself auditioning for sergio in the early 80s that's all i can surmise from that and i don't know what her background really is so after boquitas pintadas disbanded they were only around for about three years so around 1988 they were disbanding Sergio had his sights set on Gloria Trevi being the breakaway star of this group, not the, his teen bride, Mary, which is like, ouch, you know? This is like, uh, he. it's kind of confusing with the women. I mean, I don't mean anything, any kind of diss on you, Natalie, but like him and like all these girls he keeps around as his liaisons. Mm-hmm. It's like a little like, what's going on? He just likes the underage girls. He's like married to one. Mm-hmm. He had a lookalike contest. He had another one. And then he was like... Her mom pulled her away. I don't know. Yeah, I think, it. you know, this kind of information was not as easily gleaned because there was no direct social media 
discussions. There was no like rumors flew. And but a lot of times these kind of guys could go under the radar for a long time. And he just looked like a manager. I mean, he had success. He was from CBS. So, yeah. Why wouldn't we trust him with our children? He's look yeah. how like he's like made these people successful and he's attached to this TV show and all this stuff. And so he used that to his advantage. Basically, him getting the CBS gig young, he used to his advantage for the rest of his life. So, yeah, after the band disbanded, he wanted Gloria to be the big breakaway star. And his teen bride, Mary, would partake in this adventure, but it wasn't going to be about her being a star, which probably really sucked for her. But yeah. And he was technically correct about Gloria. Um, Sergio produced her first album called Kehago Aki, which means what am I doing here? And it was released in 1989, and it was a massive success. She blew up very quickly, um, but also had a lengthy career ahead of her. Um, And from the videos I've watched, I understand why. I said last week she reminded me of Lady Gaga. Fun. And she was known as the Latin Madonna. Gorgeous, charismatic, talented, and edgy. It's not a great mystery why she was so very successful. Carolina grew up idolizing her, and just her fashion alone would be enough to entrance little girls and teens. She had like a bit of a punk aesthetic and attitude and radiated power and prowess. And I would like I would liken her to the style of the cartoon singer Jem, if you remember that 80s cartoon. Yeah. Truly, truly, truly outrageous. Um <laughs> If you want to pull that link up, Amber. Sure. I love her attitude. I love her outfits, her fashion. She looks so much fun mm-hmm. and cool, and I want to be her friend. But you said she did some bad stuff. Yeah, and also it looks very powerful and like feminist and iconic on the outward part. But, but it's an old man being like, you are a pretty painted mouth girl. Right. So I just played for you, Amber. Uh, a clip from her very early career. Uh, the song is called. She just looks so cool. Doctor Pisquet. Oh no, Doctor Pisquetatra. Doctor Pisquetatra. Mm. All right. I'm so sorry for any of our Spanish speaking or Latin you listeners. Know, I think you're trying your best, uh, Doctor Pisquet. Doctor Pisca Pisquetatra. Doctor Pisquetatra. Mm. Dr. Piscoracha? Yep. Uh, you can she look looks it up. cool. She looks awesome. Totally and hip. It's, it's really early on in her like debut in that video I just showed you. I and love her hair. And her, her energy. She's so confident on stage yeah. and like she looks awesome. Um but while Lady Gaga and Madonna's outrageous and feminist outward appearance were largely cultivated on their own, I think that Lady Gaga and Madonna would say that they mostly, of course, they were manipulated, but they mostly chose their feminist or their wild sexual energy themselves. Yeah. Gloria was not actually pulling the strings behind the scenes. Little did people know at the time, her life was anything but powerful and independent. So her career is popping off in the early 90s. Mary, from the band, has divorced Sergio in 1990, or he did He did divorce. I have no idea. They were separated in 1990. However, she continued to live with them and work in the band. Um, but she, So she was still deeply enmeshed with him and Gloria. In fact, she remains 
throughout all this time, she remained Gloria's regular backup singer and performer. During this time, some sometime during this huge career explosion, Sergio starts a more calculated girl recruitment system. Uh, you know, model and talent scouts, you know, people who are like, it's mostly a lot of them are scams, but they'll yeah. go up to kids. I, I had it happen when I was a kid when they come up and be like, have you ever considered modeling? Would you like to come to our, you know, thing at the mall? And then mostly it involves around just financial scam. Right. Come, you got to get our headshots. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, but I'm going to be the next star. Mm-hmm. This man at the mall said so. Yeah. So this is in that vein, but with singing talent scouting. Mm-hmm. Um, he starts to put a call out to girls that he is auditioning young teens to be put into the rotation of performers backing up Gloria or even making their, themselves stars. Right. So he's got his main girls, mm-hmm. his two main girls that he loves that are going around. And then he's like, let's get some more to like do backup stuff. Yes. But. He's and he's also saying that I could, you know, either you could be a part of this harem for Gloria or maybe you'll be your own star. Who knows? Except that he's not putting the call out himself. He's getting Gloria and Mary to do it. So they had a very specific type of girl and look that they were always scouting. They were generally 12 or 13. And they would be what I would classify as tall and pretty. Is this? Did they look like the girl that was with him and his mom pulled her away? Yeah, I mean, they all look very similar. Yeah, yes. so he was kind of burned by that. And now he's like, got to get that back. He's got to get his manhood back again. Yes, manhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, pretty girls. I feel weird calling 12-year-olds beautiful based on the number of people who try to adultify 12-year-olds. But, you know, pretty girls. Yeah. But even more importantly, poor. Uh, I'll get you. And, and their family's probably like, oh, we can get out of poverty. Mm-hmm. We'll send like my little daughter off to this 30-year-old talent scout. And, you know, he, he'll make them a star. We'll make money. In a lot of these girls' families, I'm certain, were loving and caring for their, their children. They, they, of course, they want to believe that this famous man sees this, ta- this raw talent in their child yeah. and – Maybe they don't do it intentionally, but they start to think, well, maybe then we don't have to be poor. Maybe I can go to the hospital. Maybe I can get my fucking legs fixed, which yeah. is what happened to one of the girls who wrote a book. Her father was in a wheelchair and he needed surgery. And so suddenly she felt like she had to keep doing these things mm-hmm. to succeed in order to pay for her father's fucking leg surgery. <sighs> yeah, you shouldn't have that on you as a child. No, no. Um but that happens all the time with, with kid actors and talent. Like, yeah. they start to feel like they have to do stuff. If you haven't read, um, what's her name's book? I'm Glad My Mother Died. Oh, right. Allison something? No, no it's, I don't uh, know. <laughs> I forget. Name? She's like a star of a Nickelodeon or something. She was a Disney star. A Disney. I'm so glad. I, I had to, like, work and get my own money early on. And I'm not necessarily. Jeanette. Sorry? Jeanette McCurdy. Jeanette Sorry. McCurdy, right. I had to work really hard. I made my own money. And like, there's this lie going around with men that would just, they would be like, you could work at McDonald's. That's cool, girl. You don't have to like do a career. We like you anyway. Just be young and hot. And that's couldn't be further from the truth. Well, when you say guys, you mean trolls on Twitter. <laughs> trolls on Twitter. Also like famous comedians like Patrice o- O'Neill would say that. And I'm listening to his interviews and I'm like, well, that couldn't be further from the truth. You fat piece of shit. I know, but that's sort of like, 
he he's um uh, he's like an old guy now. Well, he's dead. He's, he's dead. dead. Yeah. He died That's of a his... fucking heart attack. No, let's not. Let's not be happy. <laughs> I feel like that would be a big problem if we like celebrate his death. I don't care. Um, I'm but, killing myself. But sorry, he came from a very different time period. The '90s and 2000s were a hellscape for women. They oh were my god, awful. So I wouldn't say that's necessarily like the eating disorders we had. And, like, these men with, what, tribal tattoos and a buzz cut? Fuck off. I'm starving myself for a guy with, like, a tramp stamp on his arm? <laughs> and, again, I'm not trying to villainize their everybody's families involved in this. But, yeah. Oh, we are talking also about Jeanette McCurdy, too. Like, so those kids, a lot of times... Whether or not it's conscious on the parents' end, they end up depending on their children, and then the children take on that pressure. And they only know what their parents tell them, and their parents are telling them, if you like your nice things, you better keep doing the little songs and dances. God, I got to bring home the bacon. I'm a bringing home the bacon. Yeah, basically. And so, you know, again, a lot of times we could also get pissed about how there's no health care, and those families probably (laughs) were desperate. And they couldn't receive, you know, they couldn't get leg surgery. And that's a fucking horrible, monstrous thing. But anyway, um, so these young, pretty girls. Again, it's really difficult to be a young girl. It sucks. A lot. I think a lot of the, uh, the, the manipulation by certain groups of alpha males, we'll call them, try to convince girls that they have to that, that their best times in their lives is like 20 21 right. but that's because that's when they can be the most manipulated by that specific group of people and what it's not discussed a lot is like the absolute relief when you're past that time because you don't want anything to do with those people ever no i'm the, i'm having the best time of my life right now when, i'm not 20 when you're 12 or 13 the attention you get from those kinds of men is awful. Yeah. It's not an exciting thing. They try to play it off like, oh, that's when the, oh, that's when they come. That's because you're so ripe. And it's like, gr- no, I don't I don't want you to come. That sucks. Yeah. You're a 12 or 13 year old person that is being not only sexualized, but has to carry the responsibility yeah. of the person who's sexualizing you. Being a young girl really sucks a lot of the time. Yes, it does. Um, So I I certainly don't fucking miss it. Um, And these poor girls were in that position because so they were like being put on this like pretend pedestal for being pretty and they have some talent and stuff. And so during this hunting process, he would use Gloria and Mary as beards who would speak to the girls, meet their families, approach them on the street, assure them that this is a fantastic opportunity for their gifted child, that see, we're girls and we're successful. You know, this is around the time whenever Benditas Pintadas was happening. So it's not, it's like leading up to when Gloria becomes this like icon. So she's not that famous yet. She can still walk around on the street, show that she's successful, but still be approachable and she would go and groom their families for him, like explain that her, their child, their gifted child has all of this potential we're seeing in her. We're safe. Look, we're these beautiful young girls. It's not even Sergio wanting her. I, Gloria Trevi, want her to come train because I believe in her potential. Oh, this is sick. So this is a ring of familiarity to me with this method. I mean, obviously, all human trafficking happens like or a lot of it happens this way, but... 
it always just takes me back to the memory of Ghislaine when she was driving around middle schools looking for kids who had talent in art saying, we want to sponsor you to draw them in to for Epstein. Just driving around fucking middle schools like a weirdo. Um, looking for girls to bring back to old egg dick. <laughs> old egg dick. So by the time this school has been established, Gloria and Mary are around 20 or so. Maybe a little bit young, maybe 19. I mean, they are they are past adolescence. They are young adults, still too young to be very smart, but older than these little girls than they're, that they're recruiting. Right. And they've been probably groomed for a little bit, too. But now they're you're an adult. You're making your own decisions. I'm sorry the grooming happened to you, but you can stop the cycle. And if it was just this, I would still have a lot of sympathy for Gloria and Mary. But it gets a lot worse than this. So... Beyond the fact that this means that they're recruiting minors but are technically legal adults now, I can't – also, I can't stress how weird this is. It's not – you know, she's at this point not selling out arenas, but she is doing music as a career, showing up on TV shows and stuff, and was still casing city blocks for children for this man at the same time. Um and the number of girls that she was bringing into him was staggering. Uh, but we're going to focus on a few of them, two of which wrote books about their experiences. We'll get we'll start talking about them slowly through this episode next. So this school school thing, the singing school thing was happening when Gloria was becoming famous. And but its roots went back to when Bakitas Pintadas was performing and, and then disbanding. One girl Caught in the early crossfire was a 13-year-old named Aline Hernandez. She wrote and released a book called La Gloria por el Inferno, which basically means glory through hell and is like a pun on Gloria's name. Her account of her experience is horrific. As he was building his harem of minor girls, and this is throughout her experience over time, he bought five houses in less than a mile from one another, providing both ample space for a number of children, but also a confusing maze of spaces and rooms and setups to never have the children be too in control of their surroundings. The houses were set behind large stone walls with barbed wire topping them. There was little movement any of the children could do without Sergio say so. So, Amber, this is a picture of one of the houses, if you can see. Right. I thought barbed wire is kind of like common in Mexico for some of these houses. I mean, some places. Yeah. But this was... um, Veracruz is really nice, though. They're not in Veracruz. Oh, sorry. They're in Mexico City. Yes. Okay. So where they are, it's not so much about protection as it is imprisonment. Right. If you look at these. I see. So... Yeah, because it's facing in. It's ooh, the wires facing in, Natalie. It's it's you know it's gross. <laughs> um, they, I think that maybe he could have justified it being like, oh, it's for security because. But security, the wires facing out, the wires facing in. I can't stress how like it's a subtle difference. It's like ooh, wait a minute. Yeah. So this could be again. He could justify this. For the outside world, it's like he needs a way to protect the girls from, oh, and they're starting to get fans. And the strict control is part of their training so they can be successful. But in reality, it was so that he could have unfettered control over these minors. And so Aline, who I mentioned, 
was recruited on the earlier end of this child cult that he held. According to Aline, she was a young teen waiting outside a radio station in Mexico City when she was first approached. She was waiting there for a singer to come out, presumably for an autograph. So she was like just a little she was a tween waiting to like see the singer come out of a radio station. This would have been early enough in Gloria's career that she wouldn't have been just recognized by everyone on the street. And so Gloria was literally casing it, waiting like in a car, parked car, watching girls pass by. Um, She approached Aline as Aline stood on the curb and asked her if she was interested in being a singer. Uh, Yeah, she was 13. Yeah, I would love to be a singer. She was excited that this beautiful 20-year-old was showing interest in her, that thought she thought she was special. Besides, Aline really did want to become a singer. Gloria asked if she would like to audition for a special singing school. Of course! Yes, I'd love to audition for your special singing school. Two weeks later, Aline and her mother went to Sergio's office building. Her mom waited downstairs while Gloria took Aline to Sergio's private office space. Here she did her audition, which involved singing, dancing, and modeling for Sergio. Aline says that Gloria was present for a lot of this audition. So as Aline is doing all these little da-da-da-da-da, it's Sergio and Gloria sitting next to him. Here's a brief translation of Aline describing the fir- that first audition. And then this is a clip that I will have into the episode. You start um, at four minutes? I can also pull it up here if you want. Okay, thanks. I just pulled it on my thing. So how old was she when they were like... 13. 13. And yep. here comes this man, which, by the way, I looked into his eyes and I saw pure psycho. Oh, yeah, he's just a potato. Um, he's crazy yeah. looking. And he was just like, 13, I need to see you naked so I can see which parts need exercising. I wish that this was a more rare circumstance, but especially in the 80s and 90s and two, well, 90s and 2000s, I think, were the worst of it, yeah. where it was most normalized. But this is how models were treated all the time, Ill- illegally. I mean, like... I'm not saying that, oh, this is just another one of those, but... Right. And it was sort of like, well, you asked for it because you wanted to be a singer. What I do you mean I thought you cared about it? your career. I thought you were serious. Yeah. Oh, you're just some joke? I guess you don't care. I you're guess because... baby. You're some baby. I guess because I can sing and, like, have some talent, I deserve to be raped? Like, what's going on with this thought process? It's it's what... It's how predators end up in positions of power in entertainment, in you know, law enforcement in churches, they are able to hide there because they're they have this idea that they're above everybody else. And some people believe that and agree yeah. with it and let them do it. Um, but we're going to keep fighting to get that element pushed out. I mean, that's just all we can do. So, by the way, this is pulled from a YouTube channel called Mundo Trevi MX. I'm not entirely sure what the original program is or where it came from. It's Obviously not made by that YouTube channel. It's just ripped, obviously, from mm-hmm. a show. I guess it's British due to the English accents. But other than that, the opening titles say Public Enemy Number 1, which may be the name of the show. I don't know. It's old. I believe it's from the time period that Sergio and the two women were arrested but not yet charged. So around the year 2000. Um, so Gloria was an adult woman in this scenario, which this instance that we're talking about happened in 1989. Um, just a reminder, an adult woman, 
bringing this 13-year-old to Sergio. Regardless of this request, Aline refused that first time to take her clothes off. She said no. This is a Polaroid that Sergio took of 13-year-old Aline during that audition. She's beautiful. She's he, a child. She's yeah, a little girl. I know. I, it's, that's so bad to say beautiful. You know, it's not. That's my weird thing. I don't know why that feels weird to me. I can call a baby beautiful and an adult woman beautiful, but that age range feels uncomfortable to me. I don't know what right. that is. But you have to protect them so much because you know that the world is just like, let's do the worst we can to them. They yeah. like sacrifice it to keep the globe spinning or something. Yeah. More more so to just to keep losers fucking satisfied for some, like, you know, keeping their dicks. We do, Why do we fucking appease to these people? Because they, they trick us into thinking that they're important. We've fucking yeah. created this country based on sex offenders. There's the, what the, I'll always go back to the American Child Bride series we did and just be like, oh, our country was founded so old men could have sex with children. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, I'll match, like, I'm on Hinge or whatever on these dating apps and, like, a 22-year-old guy sometimes, sometimes 19, they message me and I'm like... Do you need help with your homework? Like, <laughs> what's going on? Yeah, it's it, it feels weird. It feels weird. And then people make shit up. They just make it up. And they're like, yeah, well, it's a man's right. He should be the older dominant one. Like, you made that it's, up. Yes, it's made up. Yes. You made it up. Yes. To justify your perversions. Yes, I exactly. like to make shit up, too. Sometimes I shit rainbow. You know what I yeah. mean? Wow, look at me. Yep. I think that <laughs> should be the new law. That's right. Um, so, so here's this child mm-hmm. that was um, assaulted by a man. Well, this first, <laughs> just see Amber's eyes turning bright red. I know. Um, <laughs> so, this first audition, she said she wouldn't do it, even though she did refuse this initial request to strip. He must have sensed enough of a vulnerability, or maybe an enthusiasm from her mom. Something that told him she wouldn't be watched over if he promised her daughter the moon on a string. So he told Aline that she was in luck. He believed in her talent so much that he, Sergio, was going to take Aline into his school and he wasn't even going to charge her family anything. Isn't that amazing? That's right. Sometimes things are just given to you for free. And there's no strings attached. Uh Uh-huh. So Aline begins her lessons at the school. Aline alleges that Gloria would pull her aside often and start implanting thoughts to her about Sergio, who they all called Andrade, I believe, Um, talking him up, telling her how lucky she was, how much he liked her. I believe we call that grooming. Right. Uh, It's pretty obvious that Gloria was instructed to do this by Sergio. Gloria would begin to talk about how brokenhearted Sergio was to this 13-year-old little girl, that he was unlucky in love, and that it was part of Aline's duties to help Sergio believe in love again. She further insisted that if Aline didn't help Sergio believe in love again, that she might be kicked out of the school and he would no longer help her to become that star that she was destined to be. So she began to accept Sergio's romantic attempts. Aline says the first time she had sex with Sergio, or I should say was raped by him, she was 14 and he was 34. While I do believe Gloria was violently groomed by this man, she was an adult woman coercing this middle school aged child into having sex with him. 
Gloria also made sure that Aline was be, would be too afraid to tell her parents, convincing her that they wouldn't understand and would take her away from the training school. Aline doesn't know until later that this time, at the same exact time, both Gloria and Mary were also having sex with Sergio. As far as I can tell, she actually had no idea that Mary was, in fact, married to Sergio at this time because she was married. They were married in 85 or so. And this was now 89 before that he and Mary were divorced. So even though Mary had now turned from minor to young adult, Mary was still technically married to Sergio at this time. Oh, yeah. She married to him at 15 years old. Mm -hmm. And now she's been married for several years and now is an older. Now she's 20. She's around 19. 19, 20. And she's like getting the young girls also to come fuck her husband. Yeah. And she's also having sex with him and Gloria's having sex with him. This is messy. But it's messy and it's horrific. Yeah. So while all this is happening, Gloria's career is exploding. Instead of snuffing out this deranged behavior now that he has this thing to focus on, this career, successful career he's cultivated, he simply uses this power to grab more children. Aline was there when Gloria's first single blew up. So Aline was in his school as her first single became like the number one hit in Latin America. She is a star now. By this time... Aline was regular, regularly being raped by Sergio, but it was even worse than that. His desires actually went beyond sexual assault of minors. He was sadistic. He was truly a subhuman. But the, by the time she was 15, he had convinced her family to allow her to move out of her home completely and in with him because of her career and because Gloria was exploding they were like yeah of course like you're a star maker and then he married her yes that's right he had been married to Mary Boquitas and then they separated in 1990 and it seems as though he jumped from one child marriage to another one oh wow maybe his wife got too old for him at 20 yeah so From what I've gleaned, the age of consent laws in Mexico are very similar to those in America. That being that you can legally rape a minor if you marry them. (laughs) You become – I'm just going to say it straight because it's insane that it's happening still and we we dance around it with little kid gloves, you know, ironically enough. This is a way for adults to legally rape children in our country. We have that in I think currently 43 states still you can do that. You become both parent and spouse. The child does not have any human rights until they reach the age of 18. It is it is abhorrent. They're just going to get raped every day. Mm -hmm. And then they can't even like legally divorce them Mm -hmm. because you're a child. You're not allowed to legally divorce your parent spouse until they're 18. That's called slavery. It is. It's legal slavery. Um, this, This is true in both Mexico and the U.S., I think a lot of people would scoff at this story and call this, oh, you know, try to find some way to make this racist. Oh, this barbaric Mexican child marriage. This happens here all the fucking time. So just get that through your heads. Actually, the laws on paper are slightly better in Mexico than in the U.S., that you're not supposed to be able to marry a girl under the age of 14. In some states in America, in this day, 2023, there is no minimum age to marry. You can technically marry a baby in the state of California if you find enough subhumans to help you do it. That's right. Let's rape this baby on the daily. 
If I marry legally, it legally, legally, and also I'm looking at a photo you have. This is um, it looks like a father daughter dance. Yeah. So I put po- I put a photo of Aline and Sergio's beautiful wedding day, and it does look like a dad and his daughter at her holy communion. That's what it looks like. I mean, this is like uh, it's sick. It's I also a- actually find holy communion creepy as fuck. It's dressing up these little girls like brides. Yeah. It really fits in neatly with normalizing the idea of child marriage, like seeing this little girl in a bride's outfit. I know most people don't do, they're not looking at their child having a communion in that way. But she's in all white. It looks like a wedding dress. It does. I think it subconsciously helps because, you know, that's the reason that most of the laws they keep, there are activist groups of women who were child brides violently fighting not violently, but like forcefully fighting to get the 18 no exceptions in every state. And you know who keeps blocking them? Conservative religious lawmakers. They keep saying, oh, it's violating religious rights. You should be able to marry a child because it's it, it's the religion. So that's happening in our in, at this moment, currently in time. God <laughs> says I can fuck a child. Yeah. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. Everything is changing so fast. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load. But now with the Xfinity 10G network, you can power a house full of devices at once with ultra low lag. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. For over 130 years, McCormick has helped you make mom's lasagna to keep her secret recipe alive. Take over taco night, no matter how chaotic your day is. Conquer the bake sale, even if you get to it last minute. And craft the perfect Sunday brunch when it's not even Sunday. Because with McCormick by your side, it's going to be great. Now we have Aline getting married off to Sergio Andretti when she's 15, a girl he has already been raping illegally for several years, and now he can legally rape her uh, because he put a ring on it. So that is the reality. That is Mexico and the United States police system laid out without flashy words and bells and whistles. It is law to rape a minor if you take on their care. Don't like it? Keep screaming about it. 
The ones who are calling gay people pedos are the ones who keep blocking the states from changing the laws to 18 no accessions and just keep screaming about it if you don't like it because it's the only way. We have to keep pushing that in people's faces. Anyways, at this time, she was 15 and you would have been he would have been about 35. Aline says on their wedding night after their nuptials and they had returned to their room, he he hit her square across the face unprompted and then just left her there on their wedding night. Yeah. Oh, my God. And she's a child. I mean, this dude didn't marry her because he loved her. He married her for whatever the fuck reason. You just want to beat and abuse something. He was already it's so weird. I don't know why he chose one of the girls to marry because he was doing that to, to eight, nine of them at a time. Um, but whatever reason, he decided to marry this one before that he married Mary. So at this point, there were numerous other children living and training with the group. And he was raping all of them. All of them. When... Aline and Sarah got married. There were seven little girls living with them. Aline thought when they got married that this was stopped because she was a child and didn't understand this dynamic. But of course, it did not stop after their marriage. Christ knows why he decided again why he would marry one of them. Whatever. While he still had the block of houses, a, a.k.a. a commune on that block, he would also travel with all of them regularly and keep them in hotels. I'm sure he was justifying it as Gloria's backup girls traveling around with him. But it was most likely just another way to disorient them and keep them isolated. So at this point, he has Gloria as a perfect beard because he she is a star now. Mm-hmm. And so him being the manager traveling around with her backup singers and da 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 da, nobody's really looking at it, going like, that's weird. This man's traveling with all these little girls. Um, So it was perfect for him. This is also the same thing that I believe probably happened allegedly with Dusty and her husband, that she had all this access to these kids. There was no it wasn't weird that they would go hang out with her. So her husband had access to all these little ballerinas because, of course, Dusty taught all of them. You know, why wouldn't why would it be weird that Dusty was taking them away privately? Um, So. Because she like looks so cool. Yeah. yeah. Also, Dusty looks so cool. It's like, oh, here's this empowered woman. Right. Sometimes these empowered women behind the, the, the veil is just a scared little girl. Yes. So um, beyond the constant rapes, he tortures them and justifies it as conditioning for superstardom to the girls. So as they are so young, they don't know what's right and wrong. They think he's trying to make them tough and strong, but he is actually torturing them. Aline, along with many other of the survivors, recounted endless days and nights of starvation, sleep deprivation, and other forms of torment, including beatings and humiliation. So while he was keeping them in these hotels, a lot of them wouldn't have blankets or pillows. They would have to steal, if they were taking a flight, they would have to steal the peanuts from the plane because he wouldn't feed them for two or three days at a time. He would beat them if he, they did anything wrong. They, he would lock them into the bathroom nude and make them sleep in there for three days. Like, he was torturing them. He's a sick man. Yeah. Um, I, I'm I'm sorry I'm just barreling through this stuff, but it's, it makes me so angry that he barely did any time for any of this that I'm just saying I'm just getting this all out. And then to think that he could be like, it's my right to marry a 15 year old and yeah. like lock them in the bathroom for days. And yeah. at the same time, it's like, oh, well, she should have known better. 
this child, mm-hmm. Gloria and Mary, being the much older women, they're young women, but they're older than these kids, knew all of this was happening, according to the survivors, despite the fact that for many years, both Mary and Gloria would deny these girls' ac- accusations for many years, especially after they were first arrested. They said all the little girls were lying about <gasps> it. They made it up. And the fact that a woman is like, oh, they made it up means like... Well, it definitely... It, it seems like they made it up. It, it definitely adds issues into the, the trying to prosecute. And also, um, just the simple fact that they would just sit there and lie about the things that they did because they they... To me, what the vibe that I get from Mary and Gloria is that he was torturing them as well and that sometimes that they could get the torture pushed off from them if he had the little girls. And so they allowed the little Mm. girls to be tortured in their stance and their stead. And I have a really hard time uh, feeling sympathy for that. Yeah. Oh my God. And sometimes like those kind of women can be mean towards other women because yeah. they think, oh, if I'm mean towards them or if I deny them anything, then he'll go easy on me. Yes. A lot of what these young girls reported afterward, you know, in the two books specifically, was that a lot of the time Mary, especially Mary, would be sort of the like she would report on the girls and she would tell them they had to do this and this and this. She kind of like normalized the torment to them. So she didn't do it, but she told them that it was just part of the training and they need to do it. All right. This is just everyday life. You get locked in a bathroom and you don't eat for three days. Yeah. So after the arrest, again, both Mary and Gloria would deny, deny, deny any of this happened. But This seems highly, highly unlikely that these girls are lying, as there is much more evidence to suggest that Mary and Gloria were, in fact, helping orchestrate these circumstances in order to appease Sergio, because he was also reportedly beating and abusing Mary and Gloria regularly. So, again, to me, it seems as though they would try to escape his wrath. They would turn it to the children, which, you know, is garbage. That's fucking garbage. I don't. You should protect children. You shouldn't be like, you, oh. You know on some level, even if you're groomed as a young adult, I always have a hard time with adult women, even when they're abused, when they allow their children or the children around them to be abused. Do you know how bad this is? You know this isn't real. You can break that cycle. Yeah. And God knows, I don't know what would happen if I was in that situation. I'm saying this from a place of privilege of never being stuck in something like this, but it's really hard for me to to get around in in my own mind, my mentality, trying to get around the fact that these little girls were being brutally raped around them and they just were like... Yeah, he just hit a 15-year-old in the face on the wedding night. Yeah. Like, fucked her up. So, anyway, after a few years, um, Aline managed to escape, and we're going to talk more about that and the events that occurred afterwards that led to their subsequent arrest of... The trio next week. Um, hey, what time are we at? Um, hour 18. Oh, great. Okay. Cause, and also that will be cut down because we yeah, paused yeah. and stuff. Okay. So that's about it. That's a good time. Um, so I want to wrap up here. I know this was really, really dark and hard to, to get through. You mean teenage rape and uh, torture? Yeah. Um, but I, I think that 
I didn't even know about Gloria until I was working on the series with Dusty back, you know, a few months ago. And I just started I saw the, the, the top layer of it being like, oh, wow, that's interesting that she helped traffic for this guy, this famous woman. And then it's just so much worse um, than the headlines explain. It, it's not fair to these girls that it, it is brushed over with such a light brush and that people still just want to be like, Gloria didn't know. She was like aiding in 12-year-olds being like tortured. I don't know, man. I, I don't know if we should just be like, well, she went to jail for three years, so it's okay. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how you guys feel about it. I feel weird about it um, that she's just like going about her day after these like dozens of lives were just destroyed in her wake. Um, and also it's obviously more Sergio, but. Mm-hmm. Is he in jail? So I, as far as I knew, he was still alive. Carolina told me that he was dead right before we recorded. And I was like, what? I've never heard that. And then she found out it was a Twitter hoax that he died. Oh. So he's still out there too. I'm surprised the father of one of these child girls didn't come and beat the shit out of him. That's well, what you're supposed to do as a dad. I, 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 really? I, God knows. I mean, it was such a different time. And he is still, and a lot of these things are not being reported because until recently in time, we were not, as a society, willing to talk about child abuse at this level because it's right. hard to hear. I don't want to. I don't like it. Right, and she had it coming, and we got to protect the men at all costs. And people just don't want to believe this happens because it's hard for people to process, which is how child abuse persists and perpetuates yeah. for generations. Because you're just like, don't look at it. Oh no, 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 we don't talk about that. That's not nice to talk about. I was and, on a oh, sorry, I was on a date with a much younger guy, and we were watching the Woodstock documentary, mm-hmm. and like it got to the rapes and all that, and he was just like, what? And I was like, yeah, that's how it was. I don't mean to laugh, but that's just like, yeah, some people just don't. They don't. They know. don't see it. Like, yeah, you just got touched and groped and raped, and like you shut up about it. Yeah. So. It's really not fair to these these survivors of this to just gloss over what happened to them and 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 let you know, Sergio has a YouTube channel. What? Yes, I don't even. Ugh, it gets so much worse, Amber. Beyond, we'll talk about more next week. But like, he fathered at least seven children by these children. So he raped enough little girls that he has at least seven babies who are now a, a, probably adults. Um who were born from like 13 14 year olds and he also for i it's gonna get so bad um so we need to just we'll wrap this up probably next week but um a, a good thing is that some of these young victims have brought forth a new lawsuit against them this year mm-hmm. which i'm very happy about to hear um and maybe uh mckenzie can help us break down what that lawsuit means and like what that might do because that man should not be on the street. He is definitely reoffending. I'm going to say it with my whole chest. There is no way a man like that stops doing that because no. he got caught. No. He's doing it still to kids right now. I promise you. So I'm really glad that they are trying a lawsuit again this year. And I, if that means Gloria loses her career, sorry. Sorry, Gloria. Um, I don't know. She's pretty cool, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right, that's enough for me today. I can't do any more today. <laughs> a 13-year-old having a child? They didn't even do that in the medieval period. There's another lie going on with these guys like women are meant to have babies at 13. They've always had it that No, they haven't. Cuz I've read testimonies where they were like <laughs> Where, you know, a girl was 18 and a family was very scared. She was giving birth and they were worried it's that her because body pe- couldn't handle it. Yes, because teenagers would die in childbirth. Yeah. It, the, the teen thing was, again, brought in more modern times, like when our country was formed, apparently right. to just molest children. And it's more lies that people made up. Like, oh, your body's meant to have children at 13. No, it's not. It's definitely not meant to do that. No, it's not. You um, fucking liar. They just lie and manipulate and gaslight you. Also, they can fuck children. That's it. That's all they want to do is they want to fuck kids. And they make you feel like shit. Because you say, I'm a hag. Oh, I'm an old hag. Because they say you can't impregnate a 13-year-old. Get fucked. I'll set your body with gasoline on fire, okay? That's what I'm going to fuck. I'm going to cut your dick off. I'm going to feed it in your fucking mouth. I'm mad. I'm sorry. No, I, I, you're making direct eye contact with me, which I'm, I'm afraid now. I'm scared. <laughs> Raping a 13-year-old. Hitting a 15-year-old in the face on her wedding night. She is so scared. She is alone. She wants some intimacy and to feel comforted. And then you just punch her in the face? Don't worry. He has a YouTube channel now. So, bye, everybody. Have a great day. (laughs) This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Everything's changing so fast these days, and that's a great thing. I mean, back in my day, we were lucky if we could get one video to load on our desktop computer. But now there's the Xfinity 10G network. That means the fastest internet with faster speeds rolling out every day and Internet that can power a house full of devices at once with ultra-low lag. So while one person streams a movie from their room, another can play video games in the basement, while another TikToks in the kitchen. It's the next-generation 10G network, only from Xfinity. The future starts now. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary and not guaranteed. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.